So that file was just not doable anywhere or just was not doable by you? Like it wasn't doable in the broker space. Right. So had to help him get set up with his bank. And uh, that was right. unfortunate. But the more you know. Right now, you know. Yeah. It's like G.I. Joe knowing is half the battle. G.I. Yeah. Joe. I remember I used to watch G.I. Joe as a kid. So yeah. there was right at the end, knowing is half the battle. Knowing is half the battle. Really, that's it. That's all I have to do is just know. The most inspiring stories from today's most successful mortgage brokers. Join your host, Scott Peckford, on I Love Mortgage Brokering. Hey, Broker Nation. Scott Peckford here. Welcome to the Island B Rookie Mortgage Broker Podcast. Every Friday, I talk to a new rookie who's making waves in the industry to find out what they're doing to succeed in today's competitive market. Today, I talked to Anthony McLaughlin. He's on Vancouver Island. And I love these conversations with the new rookies. And a couple of things that we've just added to this show so that you're really going to like. First, going forward, I'm always going to ask about a file that they lost. So something that happened on a file because you guys are near new, you're going to lose files. And one that he or she knows that they would not lose today on what they learned. And so Anthony shares about that in this episode. And also, I'm adding in a little coaching component. So at the end of this conversation, getting Anthony's story of how he's doing great, I'm going to jump into doing a little mini coaching session with him on a particular topic, depending on what kind of makes sense. In Anthony's case, he's got a background in journalism and video, and he's not using it in his mortgage business. So at the end of this conversation, I give him my suggestions for what I would personally do if I had that skill set and I was a new mortgage broker. So I think you're gonna enjoy that. Huge shout out first to our title sponsor, Finmo. Finmo is a Canadian mortgage application document collection submission platform. We use it at our brokerage because honestly, it's really easy to use. Clients like it, brokers like it because it's quick to pick up. And it's got some awesome features like it can integrate with Lender Spotlight as well as it's got smart submission notes, smart docs. Check out Finmo.ca. And today on Ask the Experts, Tom Hall from Blue Mortgage and I talk about three tools that every mortgage broker should have in their business. Check out this episode. Hey, Anthony, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Scott. So tell me a little bit about yourself and how you got in the business. So a little bit about myself. I'm born and raised Toronto. I recently moved to Vancouver Island about a little over a year and a half ago. I started in the mortgage industry while I was still in Toronto, but that was a new career I got into. I've only been doing it about three years. Prior to that, I was a reporter and host for a small network on television and kind of decided I wanted to make a change and work for myself. And then obviously I wanted to make another change and move across the country. There's yeah. a stress test. It's like all these big life events and the more of them you have in a year, the more stress you should feel. So moving, new job. Yeah. Did you have a baby or anything? Get married? Any of those things in there too? No, no. I'm a single guy. So uh, okay. I mean, that's probably why I was able to make a lot of those do that. Yeah, I do that. Just an extra no level of like stress. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, exactly. That's cool, man. So, okay. What were you doing before you got into mortgages? Like most people don't, you know, in kindergarten say when I grow up, I want to be a mortgage broker. So how did you get here? Yeah. So like I mentioned, I was in broadcasting. And originally, I went to sports broadcasting school. The dream when I was young was to be on Sports Center, like next to like Jay and Dan. And then eventually, once you get inside the industry, I didn't find a lot of job security in the industry and a tremendous amount of competition, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. But there's just a lot of turnover and a lot of people to try and survive in that industry have to hold down multiple jobs with a relatively low income, unless you're right at the top. Only the top dogs get paid very much money, right? Usually everyone's on like contract or paid hourly. So, and plus with people cutting cable, I just decided, you know what, this was fun. I got to achieve some cool things, but I wanted to make a change and kind of be in the driver's seat. Okay. So I have to ask, have you incorporated video into your mortgage process at all? Or were you going to do radio broadcasting or video? What was your thing? I was trained in all radio and television and print, but the last job that I had, I was on TV. 
Okay, so do you use video now? Is what I'm saying. I don't. No, no. I'm Dude, not, I would. I don't, be like, I don't you like the for sound sure. of my voice, but Dude, I mean, I, I've that's crazy. That, but. Yeah, you, like yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. I should, and I'm definitely. I've started kind of getting a little bit more comfortable with my social media presence, and I know a lot of mortgage brokers. They do do videos, and it's productive. I do know that I obviously have the skill set. If I had your skill set, I know exactly what I would do. If you want at the end of this podcast, I can tell you what I would do with your. Please skillset. do. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I'll uh, I'll give you the lowdown actually, but we'll talk about you first. Okay. okay. So did you start full-time part-time like when you made this jump three years ago how did that go i made the jump full-time i studied for my licensing after work and then pretty much once i got it i think i took my exam right before the holidays christmas and then january 1st i became a mortgage broker or a mortgage agent rather and yeah i started full-time i was working under the principal broker who i was with in toronto and yeah just kind of jumped right on into it Right. And when you worked for him, were you out doing commission? Were you working under his like, you know, was it like a mentorship where you were paid to work on his files and stuff? Yeah, exactly. So I was receiving kind of like a base salary and then had like another side commission structure for parts of the deals. And yeah, just kind of getting as much experience as I could touching files. But that didn't last too long. I decided I wanted to try and go at it my own, which looking back maybe was a little too ambitious, but hey, it's kind of gotten me to where I am today. So yeah, no regrets. All right. So that's awesome. So you jumped in full time. And was there any point you ever questioned if you chose this in? Like, if you're like, oh my gosh, what did I get myself into? You know, moments of doubt? Oh, for sure. I mean, probably a couple of moments of doubt. I mean, my second year, we ran into a pandemic. And so I wasn't exactly equipped to kind of handle that situation and try and survive through it. I mean, obviously I did, and I'm still at it. And then something that you mentioned in some of your coaching that I've done is kind of how broken the structure of becoming an agent is like the test you take to become a mortgage broker or mortgage agent doesn't really set you up with the tools to actually fund deals. I think you or, or find them or find know, them. Yeah. How, any to, that stuff. Business, yeah. how, how um, to convert those conversations. Like all that stuff is like absent completely. Yeah. How to really be an entrepreneur and build your own business. So, I mean, kind of the learning curve with that was definitely challenging. And then in the second year, having COVID-19 kind of really stall out business for that month of April. And then you're wondering how to do all this again, virtually and not in a real estate office connecting with realtors. Yeah. The existing brokers had a boom after that because now all of a sudden there's a push, but they were already known. They didn't have to, how do I get out in front of people? How do I, exactly. if you didn't, that would have been a challenging time to like, think about, you know, and zoom hadn't really become like the thing it is now, which is like, you know, yeah. I literally live on zoom. I bet you I'm on zoom for six hours a day yeah. <laughs> talking to people. Right. So between coaching calls and stuff, it's um, a great resource, that's for sure. The problem with being on Zoom for six hours a day is because it's hard to make eye contact. So I'm making eye contact with you. I'm looking away. So it's probably going to make people socially awkward. They're going to be like, how come you can't make eye contact with anybody? Well, because I'm not used to it because yeah, I'm looking do at I cameras. Look at you? Do I look at myself? Or if do I, look I look at the camera, I then I can't, I can't read your light. facial reactions. But if I'm looking <laughs> at you, then I look like I'm looking to the side. So it's just a weird thing. Okay, sorry, I digress. But hey, you know video stuff, so you'd know better than most. So what surprised you most about the mortgage? So that obviously the first thing you said was like people, you know, it's not what you expect. Anything else surprised you about the mortgage industry? I mean, I think that that was a lot on my plate for the first uh, for the first two years was trying to navigate my way through it. I think what else might surprise me, just going into it, I thought people will probably have relatively similar financial situations. And then you get into it, and I don't think I've had two files. <laughs> two files look the same. Like, they don't, like, none of them, they're all different, man. It's yeah. so crazy, right? And right when you think that you're getting the footing on all the craziness that you'll see from file to file, you get hit with this something else, and you're like, oh, man. 
does it end? But I, didn't, I, didn't uh, I mean, it's all just experience. I mean, now you know how to handle a wide degree of situations. So, I mean, early on, yeah, you'll lose a file because you're not capable of finding that solution because you don't know where to look. And then you stop losing as much files. because Right. Okay. Yeah, this is a great point I love because this is for a rookie. So give me an example of something that you didn't know, right? That mm-hmm. you think cost you a file. And that now that you know, you're like, oh my gosh, I know how. Because I think this is a good like little mini, hopefully they hear this and then avoid the same fate. Yeah. My client didn't disclose to me that he was separated. The papers had not been signed off entirely. And so there I was saying, listen, like, we're not going to get financing because we don't know what your liabilities are to your former spouse. If that eats up a substantial portion of your income, the ratios don't work and you no longer qualify. It wasn't in any of his documents. It just wasn't listed and it didn't come up in conversation. Now that's something I ask every single time. What do you do different now? Well, it, I mean, it depends. I mean, if I have a lead come my way, maybe it's a young married couple, probably don't need to ask that question. But yeah. you just have to make sure that your application is thorough and complete. And after you do your discovery calls, and you have your strategy session to make sure you really go over every detail and make sure that there's nothing leave, down the leave road. Leave no stone done. unturned because yeah, it, so that file was just not doable anywhere or just was not doable by you? Like wasn't doable in the broker space. Right. So had to help him get set up with his bank and uh, that was right. unfortunate, but the more you know. Right now you know. Yeah. It's like G.I. Joe and knowing is half the battle. G.I. Yeah. Joe. I remember I used to watch G.I. Joe as a kid. So <laughs> there was right at the end, knowing is half the battle. Knowing is half the battle. Really, that's it. That's all I have to do is just know. Okay. There's two distinct skills that you need to master. So here's the thing. I just caught myself watching myself going, this guy's been trained in this stuff. He's probably like, dude, you do this every day and you can do some training. But sorry, there are two distinct skills you must master. Sales and underwriting. Which one was harder for you? That's a great question. I'd probably say underwriting, but I think sales is almost more important. But for me personally, I think underwriting was the more challenging of the skills, just because like we mentioned, there's such a variety of different scenarios that you can come across. And if you don't have a Yoda, as you call it, to bounce files off of, or someone to help go over your files after you put them together, you're going to run into a lot of problems and you don't know the solutions. And so like we mentioned, like there's just files that slip through your fingers because you don't have the resources or the know-how. But ultimately, if you do have that person who you can bounce your files off, I think sales is the more important piece of the puzzle. Because if you can't sell a realtor to work with you, there's no experience to be had, right? You can get referrals from friends and family, but eventually those will dry up. Yeah, most people don't have a big enough network to build a business just on that. The thing about selling, so this is what I've discovered, is that usually people, they struggle with selling because that's the first part of the whole process. Can I convince a realtor to defer me? You know, whatever that looks like. And then once you learn how to sell, you forget that you didn't know how. It's kind of yeah. like, tell me what it was like when you couldn't read. Like, I don't know what that's like. I look at something, I can just read it. And so yeah. when sales starts to become second nature, then it's like, now you realize your sales creates a new problem for you, which is I've done a good job of convincing the work with me. Now, what the heck do I do with it now that I got yeah. it? Now I've got 20 files I got to work through and do yeah. I have the time to find the place? Yeah, how, how can I find them? the solution quick enough and all that good stuff, yeah. right? So you came into our program. We did some coaching with you. What was kind of your, for you, your biggest takeaway that you got from that? Yeah, the biggest takeaway would probably be either mindset or establishing a strong routine to kind of live by. Because when it's just you, you don't have a boss looking over your shoulder, assigning you work. You have to make sure that you have established a strong routine and it takes work to maintain it. It's not just you put it on paper, you have to live it, right? Mm -hmm. And the mindset. Sometimes I'm walking down the street and I try to practice it whenever I kind of get in a mindset where maybe something's bothering me that day and I'm just like, running through things in my head and I feel a little grumpy. I'm like, no, just practice some gratitude and think about something else. And 
try to take control of the way your mind works, right? Shift what you're focusing on. Because yeah, if, you exactly, want, if you focus right? on all the things that suck, well, you can find them, right? Yeah. Or you focus on the things to be grateful for. And if and what I'm bummed out about is not going to matter in two years, why do I care about it now? Like, right. So. Don't let it steal today. Okay, that's awesome. Yeah. Okay, so I'm rapid fire questions. You can answer these with shorter answers. So what's the one thing people can't find out about you from Google? I have a rare eye condition. So my eyes shake back and forth. It's like a light sensitivity thing. Since I've spent time on television, there's probably a lot of me. But is it noticeable? It. Yeah, I mean, in person, you probably notice it. They just kind of shake back and forth constantly. I guess the muscles are very tense for whatever so would reason. That, would that affected your TV career? Well, actually, at one point, I was told that I wouldn't make it on the television. Right, because yeah. of it. Because of, yeah, a pretty uh, well-known Canadian broadcaster told me that. Who I always looked up to, and I was like, damn, that sucks to hear, man, especially from you. Yeah, <laughs> but sorry, I mean, yeah. I ended up, yeah, getting on to TV, and yeah. So, yeah, so screw you, buddy, whoever you are. Yeah. Um, all right, so um, <laughs> what's a movie everybody should watch at least once? Actually, it's funny, because we just talked about him, but Leonardo DiCaprio in The Departed. Oh, that's, that was a great a movie. One. Yeah, that's a really good one. And what's three software programs or digital tools you can run your business without? Adobe, my CRM software, HubSpot. And let's go with Canva. I like to put together a lot of posts for my Instagram page and probably with that MailChimp too. Yeah, Canva is pretty great. Okay, what's the best advice you received as a new mortgage broker? <laughs> I mean, there's, it's endless, right? I mean, there's so many good little pieces to kind of pick up and take with you. I probably have to come down to establishing a morning routine, which is what you taught us in the coaching. Starting your day being lazy is a terrible foundation for having a productive rest of your day. And so having a morning routine that promotes productivity is absolutely crucial. And it's something that definitely I let slip sometimes. Sometimes I end up sitting on the couch having that cup of coffee for a little longer than I should. And mm -hmm. it totally twists your day. Advice in terms of sales and stuff is great. But if you don't have a good routine, what's the point? Because you're not going to put it in place. Right. That's really good. Okay. So last question. If you're starting over again today, what would you do different? I would have taken your coaching sooner. <laughs> right. I don't think I would have, in terms of jumping in with both feet, definitely wouldn't have changed that in terms of moving across the country. I mean, COVID happening in my second year, that just happened. Yeah, I don't know if I would change a whole lot, except for trying to find resources to work on my sales. And because you had started the five steps to 5 million after I think I had joined the industry. When did you right. start that? That was a big experiment. So we don't run it anymore. So you're listening to this. Mm. Like, we don't do that anymore because we have a brokerage that we run people through that's mm. significantly more enhanced. But yeah, we did that program. And one of the things that we found when we did it was always that we teach people how to go find the business. But depending on the support they had on the back end, they were like, oh my gosh, and they were losing files. And so we realized mm -hmm. we need to actually help with find, convert, and fund. That's why I think of it now. There's kind of three pillars. Mm -hmm. And if you miss one of them, your business is really going to struggle. If you can just get the find down, somebody else can do it for you. Like yeah. of all the skills to learn, as you said, the sales, if you can go find business, somebody will help you put those deals together. Oh, um, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It might take a piece, but hey, that's better. Than, but that, yeah. You can still eat. 80% still better than 0%. So yeah, um, totally. Yeah. I definitely say that. Like I would have found coaching sooner. No one does it all by themselves. So there's no sense in trying in an industry where you kind of get your license and you said, okay, good luck. And you don't have yeah. the tools, right? Go I mean, forth and, yeah. and uh, find mortgages. And you're like, where do I get them? And who do I call? <laughs> yeah. And then what do I do when I get them? It's just the craziest thing. Okay, so yeah. I'll give you some ideas on video. So if I were in your shoes, I have a couple thoughts. First, yeah. the simple solution. And first thing I would do is I would use Loom in place of email. So you're right now you're probably emailing clients 
And I use video a ton and we coach our agents to use video to send videos to people. So instead of typing up that email and getting all the grammar and everything perfectly, just record a video, send it to them. And you can just record their screen of questions. I got three questions. Hey, Mr. Smith, answer one, two, three, boom, send them a video. It's fantastic. Mm -hmm. And that will get your video skills up. You don't even have to turn the camera on necessarily to do this, by the way. The second thing I would do is you're new in a market. You're a great communicator. You have no problem. I would for sure start a podcast like okay. around real estate in your market. And yeah, there's a little bit of work to it, but it's like the best networking thing you could ever get. Mm -hmm. You start a local real estate or mortgage podcast, probably real estate focused. And you know you know how having a backstage pass, when you say with the media, oh, come on in. You know, you say, I'm, I'm Anthony the mortgage broker, oh, whatever, oh, I've got a thing. And then it's like, it's literally a backstage pass to access everybody influential in your community. I've, so, I've actually had a couple, uh, or just one realtor. I've been on her podcast a few times. And she's a top agent in the area, which is great. But yeah. Do your own. Do get your own, own show going. What town are you in again? I'm in Langford. Langford. Oh, I used to be a firefighter in Langford. Oh, really? And Yeah. And I was a volunteer. And I also did ambulance in Langford. Was it the fire hall on Pete Road? No, it was the one that was close to Triangle Mountain. That was the one I was oh, Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, nice. That's where I I'm, yeah, I'm just off the highway. So, well, Langford's uh, not a big place. So. <laughs> so I would start a local real estate podcast. I would mm -hmm. interview real estate agents, city councilors mayors, anybody you can get on there and just talk about local real estate. You literally will get in front of it and you could do this easy. And then, so first use Loom in your day-to-day, -day. second podcast. And the third thing I would do is I would start using video in your social media. So I know that you like to do the posts. My wife, she's a sourdough schoolhouse, which is she has 37,000 followers on Instagram. Her Instagram engagement has gone down, but TikTok is just sucking all they won't post numbers on this but i guarantee you tiktok is sucking people away from these other platforms I today i've tried to avoid downloading tiktok because i don't want another it's thing the crack, it's the crack phone, cocaine of social media it is literally yeah, so addictive like i get on that man i delete it all the time because i'm like okay three hours where to go i'm like how the heck what the happened that time so you don't have to be on tiktok by the way to use video but you could use facebook you use instagram yeah. but with the video what you do is you start with a hook so whatever that is you know you create the hook short call to action story call to action right? Okay. So that's how you use video really well. So give me an example of something like say a weird file situation that you had recently and I'll show you how I do it. So give me an example. Well, what about uh, people buying within a corporation? Some banks, some lenders just won't let you do it, right? And if you don't know what ones to go to, you're not going to get it funded. Right. Okay. So then the hook would be want to fund real estate in a corp question mark, right? Hey, want to fund mm -hmm. real estate in a corp? Did you know not all lenders will let you get a mortgage in a corporation? That's what I'd say. And then I'd say, hey, if you got questions on anything to do with mortgages, hit me up in the DM. So just to let you know, recently had a client come to me, he was told by another mortgage broker that he couldn't get a mortgage done in a corporation for a property he wanted to buy. And yes, that's true because it's true for some lenders, but it's not true for all lenders. So if you know how to navigate this, it can absolutely be done, but there's also other options. Maybe it makes sense. Maybe it doesn't make sense to put it in a corp. There's some other ways you can structure it that can make sense. Two things, one, talk to a smart mortgage broker and two, make sure you have a good accountant. If you got questions or anything to do with that, hit me up. I'm happy to answer it. That's all I would do. And then okay. just taking your content and then turning it into like a little, you know, hook, call to action, little story, and then call to action. Because you have the background, you could do this. Like once you get the rhythm for it, brother, you'd crush it. Like just- and It would take no time to do whatsoever. It's no just, time to do. You have every day that you do mortgages, you basically are creating unlimited content. You just have to think about how am I going to frame this? Think about it this way. What's the thing that the average person doesn't know about mortgages or the average realtor doesn't know? because mm -hmm. they don't understand this. So, okay, great. Start with that and then work your way down. That's how I would do it. Okay, cool, man. Well, where can people find you online if they're looking for you? People can find me. Well, my email is anthony at ratedesk.ca. On Instagram, I'm mortgage with Anthony. On Facebook, I'm mortgage with Anthony. And yeah. 
Okay, man. Well, hey, it's been awesome to chat with you, Anthony. Keep crushing it, brother. And I'm sure that we'll, you know, seeing you keep still making waves. Absolutely. Thanks, Scott. Appreciate it. All right. So hopefully you found that conversation interesting with Anthony. So a couple of things quickly. Video is going to be the way of the future. So if you're not using it in your mortgage business, I highly recommend that you do it. The way that we coach our agents, we're always getting them to use video a lot more because it's just the way things are going. If you're interested to find out how we can help you scale your business, and of course, video is one piece of that big puzzle. Go to get10funded.com, get the number 10funded.com. We've got a webinar there you can check out. We walk you through how we help new agents succeed faster than anywhere else. We have a 100-day challenge. It's literally mapped out from you know day one to day 100, exactly what you need to do every day because new agents tell me that the problem is is they get up you know Monday morning, they're a mortgage broker, they're like, what do I do? So we figured out exactly the quickest way to get up the mountain to help you go find business, build a referral-based business. Go to get10funded.com. Thanks again. And in this upcoming Ask the Expert segment, Tom Hall is going to be talking about three tools that every broker must have to run a successful business. Hey, Tom, welcome back to the Ask the Experts. Hey, Scott. Great to be here. So today we're going to be talking about three tools that every mortgage broker should have in their tool belt and kind of why we think these are you know important tools. And then we're going to share with you how you actually can get them all like super cheap. So why don't we jump into that right now? Sure. So yeah, right off the bat here, I guess, you know, one thing that I think, honestly, in the past year, maybe because it's COVID, we're seeing more and more. And, you know, every conversation I have related to it, I always encourage it. And what it is, is just a booking link, right? Something like a Calendly, that's probably the one people are most familiar schedule with. Schedule once, there's a few different it, programs out there. Yeah, you got it. You got it. And so, yeah, really, the idea of that for folks, I guess, who are a bit unfamiliar is just it's a link. It's something you can share with your customers, you can display your schedule to them, and they can very quickly book some time with you. And it's again, I think as we're going towards a bit more digital, people are wanting more flexibility. And so being able to introduce something like that makes it very easy on your customers. But again, it actually allows you to standardize the act of scheduling something, right? You know, before you'd have to look at your calendar and you'd have to kind of find the times that you're open and suggest them and do that sort of thing. The idea of these links, again, is it just standardizes it. And this has been a theme in a lot of these episodes. The more you can standardize, the more value it brings into your CRM because you can build processes and you can build automations around that. Right. You know, a couple of thoughts on this. One, so what I like about using a calendar link of some sort is that it's tied into your calendar, obviously. Let's the client select when works for them. It avoids the whole back and forth thing. And what I always say to my clients is like, dude, I phone you, you phone me, the whole phone tag nonsense is like, we can eliminate it. You put it in my calendar, I will be there 100%, and it's just much more efficient. What's even, I think, is terrible is like, hey, can you talk at two? No. How about three? No, that doesn't work for me. Like, that whole back and forth chain is insanity. Here's a link. Pick a time that works best. People are like, click. Like, 99.9% of people are going to appreciate that better. So, okay, what's the next sort of critical piece of tech that you think that brokers should be using digitally or electronically? Sure. So the second one I would say is kind of the idea of cloud storage, right? So again, this is something that I think has been growing in popularity a lot more and a lot more. And really, I think one of the biggest applications I see for it is just really the concept of working on teams, right? As you're working on different files, or you're working through different documents, that sort of thing. Having everything in a centralized spot really helps you collaborate with different team members. And then also, of course, when it comes to compliance and that sort of thing, no one's guessing. You're not going on 10 different people's computers to find all these documents and doing that. With compliance and lender submission, it's all in one spot. It's easy enough to package up, get out the door and use that. And if I had to give one pro tip on this topic, it'd be use one of those softwares that actually can integrate with your desktop. So, you know, for the one I use, 
it's on my Windows. So I open up my Windows Explorer and I can just click on that folder that's actually, you know, a cloud-based storage that I can share with all my teammates. It makes it super, super easy to see the documents. Right, right. Yeah. And I know that you have multiple $500 million plus year teams that use your guys' platform and yeah. having that integrated in there is great. So that yeah. having some kind of a calendar link as well as, you know, cloud storage, it's also synced to your desktop. So what would be kind of the third piece of tech that feels a must for a mortgage broker today? Yeah, I guess. I mean, the last one I would say, and again, the theme is the first two is it's starting to use more and more. And I think it's just going to continue on that trend. It's just the idea of electronic signature. And, you know, some people I talk to say, hey, I don't want to do electronic signature. You know, I like to go in person. I like to have that personal touch. You can still do that. Right. But the idea of electronic signature is it's going to make things, you know, very simple for the person to follow along with in most cases. And also make sure you don't miss anything right? You know, the amount of times you might go, you get a commitment signed in person, and then you realize, hey, you missed a page or you missed an initial, that sort of thing. Getting it into something electronic can really help that. And again, with the last one, I'll give a bit of a pro tip here is you can, again, in most softwares these days, now you can use what's called a field template. So a lot of people kind of gripe, say, hey, you don't have to click and drag for each commitment or each, you know, MPP application that I'm doing. Well, with the software that's available now, you can actually, you know, have it once where you set all the fields, put it in one place. And every time you do a commitment after that, you click one button, everything gets loaded it drops up. drops them in the same place. The drops right place, it in. Right. You got mm -hmm. it. You got it. And then just sends it off. Yeah. Right? And if, if something's just, off, yeah. sometimes they move. You can just move those, right? Like if it's yeah. off, you can. Yeah. So like. Absolutely. Right. It'll you do like 80 to 90% of, sure. of the work for you. Yeah. So yeah. that's so true. You know, electronic signatures. I recently set up a new company for my wife's business and my lawyer has been for years getting me to come in. I'm like, I don't want to come in. Can I just <laughs> sign this digitally? Yeah. She's like, yeah, sure. Yeah. I'm like, why did I have to ask you to send me something? And I'm like, I don't want to come in there for 10 yeah. minutes to sign some paperwork. I'm like, just send it to me. So that was much yeah. more effective. Our yeah, and it's just giving people the option too, right? I mean, you know, some people might prefer that personal touch and you do too. And so that's available. But yeah, just giving it because, you know, there are enough people who just want to be able to click, click, click and be done with it. Right. So, okay, let's do a quick yeah. recap. And then I'm going to tell people how they can get all of these for free. They're going to be like, shut up, shut the front door, Scott. No, you can't. So do a recap for yeah. me. Okay, sure. Yeah. So digital tools, what's in your tool belt? Absolutely. That you need one booking link, getting time on your calendar with customers Two, cloud storage, getting something centralized that your team can collaborate on. Everything's there for compliance purposes too. And then finally, number three, electronic signature, allowing to get those commitments, applications, whatever it might be, super easy, standardized, and again, all in one place. So those would be big three, I would say, big in terms three. of tools. Yeah. So if you guys want to know how to get all three of those for free, it's with Blue Mortgage. So you guys have all those tools baked right in. So not only do you yeah. get the CRM piece and that you guys can customize and make a thing just run amazing, but all those are tools that are included it's super cool. And it's linked right into your database and with your clients. And so I think as we were talking before, you don't have to have 17 different windows open. It's much more efficient to have a yeah. single place for, you're going to have to have more than one, but like that does take up a yeah. lot of different options for you. So I don't think people are aware of that. So if you guys are interested in that, check out bluemortgage.ca. The guy's Tom and they'll be able to help you out to get set up. And again, you can obviously just go through the onboarding process and they'll make it super easy, but they'll also, if you want to customize things and like make it your own, because I know every mortgage broker I talk to has a unique way they like to do things. These guys can help you do that too. And they've done it with some massive teams, names that you all would know if I dropped their names in here. And they run very large, very busy businesses and it works like a hot damn. So check them out. And thanks again, Tom, for coming on the show. Thanks, Scott. Appreciate it. 
Hey, thanks again for checking out this episode with Anthony. Had a great conversation and Tom for those suggestions. If you're listening to this and you're like, hey, Scott, like how do I search all of the podcasts that you have between the different shows we have? We have over 400 episodes. If you go to ilovemortgagebrokering.com and you can set up a free power search account, it allows you to keyword search literally every single episode. So whenever somebody mentions the word video, like we talked about with Anthony or what blue mortgage, you can literally jump right to that spot. You can even like copy the text. Like if the text pops up, the audio, you can hear it. It's very powerful. Go check that out. It's totally free. Go to idlemortgagebroking.com. And thanks again for checking out this episode. This is an I Love Mortgage Brokering production.